0: Welcome to The Upbeat Podcast, powered by CoachArt, a show that's dedicated to providing resources for families impacted by childhood chronic illness. For articles, videos, and show notes, visit our platform at upbeat.coachart.org.
1: Hi, and welcome to the next episode of The Upbeat Podcast. I'm Greg Harrel-Edge, Art's Executive Director. And I am Roxanne Doge, a CoachArt's marketing director and also a parent of a child with cancer. CoachArt is a nonprofit organization that serves free arts and athletics programs to kids impacted by chronic illness. And so we launched this podcast after hearing the conversations that happen in our programs among parents and wanted to give parents of our students the chance to kind of give tips and advice amongst each other um, and so we're so thrilled to be joined today uh, by Lacey, who, as you mentioned, just filled out, is has a child named Levi who's eligible for our programs, and just filled out the CoChart application yesterday, you said?
0: Yesterday, yeah. I was really excited to have it finished. Yay! Now nice. you can come to some programs with us. It'll be fun.
1: <laughs> and so CoChart programs are available to any child impacted by any chronic illness currently in L.A., the Bay Area, and San Diego, but we're looking to expand uh, to more cities across the country soon. Uh, this podcast, however, is a way to give helpful advice and tips to any parent uh, going through this anywhere in the country. So to start, can you tell us a little bit about Levi's story?
0: Yeah, Levi was diagnosed actually on his three-day uh, visit to the doctor. So right after birth, that he had plus palate. During that appointment, we also realized that his head was, I guess you'd say, misshaped a little bit, and the soft spots in his bones seemed that they weren't hardened, or they were hardened, should I say. And so we were sent to a specialist and found out he had cranial synostosis at the same time. All the doctors loved us because I guess it's pretty rare to have both of them happening at the same time. The first three days of his life was pretty um, intense, happy, but intense. We were just giving all this information, and we were like flooded with the information that we were getting, as well as all the information that you can look up online. So you see all the worst case scenarios, and you have no clue what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but so we've had both of those repaired. Um, he's had a repair for his cranial synostosis. They did that when he was six months old, and they did his cleft palate repair um, when he was. A little bit over a year old, and then we just had a re-repair about two years ago. So it sounds like for sure with his palate, we will have to have continual surgeries mm-hmm. to have it repaired because it's um, caused a lot of speech issues.
1: So one of the things you mentioned, we hear from parents all the time about the actual diagnosis experience, and so. You know, a childhood chronic illness can be diagnosed, you know, anytime from immediately in, in three days in your case to having a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old, et cetera. But one mm-hmm. of the things that's a constant is that deluge of information. Do you have any advice on what the sort of – how to know what the right level of information is right away, what the right sources of information is, sort of what, what – Do do you have any advice for parents about dealing with that deluge and and how to to strike the right balance?
0: I think my very first uh, advice would be to just have patience for yourself because you get so overwhelmed with all of this. And then we want to jump in as quickly as possible, trying to find out too much information. I feel like we overdo it on our own. Like we just put it on ourselves a lot of times. So I think that's the first thing to say: slow down and have some patience for yourself because it will come to you. And then I would trust your doctors, like your doctors, they, they really do know what they're doing. And I know there's been few cases that I've heard off and on from other parents that I think it's more of a communication error rather than a doctor. because They do know what they're doing. They really are professionals in what they do. So um, maybe even bring friends with you. Like, my mom would always come with me if my husband couldn't come because it was just another ear to be like, oh, did you hear this? And half the time I would say no because I was like, there's so much stuff. So, yeah, I would say those are the three top three that I would say. Bring a friend, be patient, and then trust your doctors.
1: And then what about when you first started messaging this news to people in your immediate family or immediate circle? And then kind of in in other circles, uh, expanding out from that. Do you have any advice or things that looking back, you feel like you learned from that experience about how to communicate either immediately or all throughout the process with the external world, what's happening?
0: I find for myself, it was very therapeutic to share my experiences with my loved ones, like my friends and um, even colleagues were really, uh, had really great advice to kind of um, keep myself in check, um, just because, like, you just, as a parent, you just overwhelm yourself with trying to take care of them. that so you really shove yourself to the side, and then all of a sudden you realize that you are putting yourself in an emotional state where it's not healthy for you, and then also physical state because you're just, you're only taking care of things for them. It was kind of hard to break it to our family like my, my side of the family, uh, they took it pretty well, but my uh, husband's side of the family, they're pretty reluctant to uh, accept it. They're like, there's nothing wrong with him. He's fine because he has a cleft palate. So it's everything that he has that, and that he's dealing with has to do with things that you don't see visually. So uh, he still has to deal with speech issues and going to speech and OT and things like that. But it's and um, those were all things that were not as evident to people. So it was really hard to try to explain to people like he's gone through something so intense and everything. I don't know. I think everybody needs to do it at their own pace. Mm-hmm. So if you want to share, share with people you love and trust the, the first. And then if you want to slowly let that out, let that out.
1: Obviously, at three days old, you have a, a kind of long runway to decide how and when you're going to start to message this to him. How did you approach that? And what what um, advice would you have for, for other parents about kind of how to first have these types of conversations with your child?
0: I think we really had to do, like, he knew he had speech issues. Um, his cranial, I don't think he's really come to terms with it yet. I don't mm. think when he sees pictures that he realizes that's really him. Um, But as far as the speech, he's always had um, speech delays and or he was technically considered nonverbal until he's in kindergarten because people couldn't understand him Mm -hmm. because his palate wouldn't allow him to make those sounds that he needed to. Plus, he's very soft spoken. So sometimes some of the words just come out inaudible. I think he's kind of always new, but he knew that was getting repaired. So he was fine with it but because of the fact of his age now at first it wasn't too big of a deal but because of his age now he's gone through some um, i want to say bullying because i don't think people are like actually hurting him or anything like that but they do say things that may not come off to people that don't have to deal with the situation but it comes off to him a little bit more harsh to say things like why do you talk so softly why do you talk so weird and So we actually were were part of Children's Hospital here in L.A. And we we had just mentioned it to his doctor at Cranial Facial. And um, she invited us to go to Yolo Tango, which is a therapy program for parents and kids. And that was a huge help. We just actually completed that on Sunday. And it was a huge help because it taught Levi to be like, I can tell them or I can tell him, no, I don't want to tell you. It's none of your business. Or he can say, you know, this is my diagnosis. The doctors have already taken care of me and I'm healthy. And then learn how to change the subject so that it doesn't keep going in uh, a direction he doesn't want it to be. So he's learning those tools mostly from that because to be quite frank, I didn't know he was getting these kind of interactions and I can tell he was getting, a, having a hard time with it and I didn't know what to do. So mm-hmm. i Like I said, trust my doctors, and I just called them, and I said, "What do I do next? Like, what can I help him? Because we're going to be going into junior high and the higher grades, and it's going to be a lot scarier."
1: Absolutely. One of the the uh, things that we're hoping to accomplish with this podcast is for parents to talk about programs that were really helpful, just to have other parents know. Could you repeat the name of that program that you found helpful, and maybe say for a parent who was. Uh, considering having their child participate, what you found really helpful about it?
0: Oh, yes. It's called Yo Lo Tango. It's Y-O-L-O-T-E-N-O. Through CHLA, it was a seven-week program that we met to every Tuesday. It was really interesting because we had never experienced this before. We haven't really done any kind of therapy that had a parent involvement. In. It was always like Take your kid, drop off your kid, and then we'll see you guys in an hour or something. Um, Whereas this was definitely like sit down with parents. This is what your kids are going to go through. These are some techniques that they're learning. This is how you can support them. So like I said, we learned everything from um, techniques that they were learning to um, developmental milestones that they're becoming. since They're, you know, pre-pubescent at this age. Levi's not at that age that most of the kids were in that program at that time period, but they wanted to really plant the seeds for Levi because he was just struggling with some other issues that kind of just make that impact a little bit harder for interaction. So they're like, this will be healthy for him. Let's get him in there. It was really helpful, not just for us understanding Levi and what he's going through, learning his techniques of how to deal with the things that he's going to be going through. But it helped because my husband and I were actually doing this kind of as a team. They really encouraged both parents if they could to be there. It's a great program. I know that they're hoping to expand the program so it's not just at CHLA because it has been such a positive improvement in families.
1: So I wanted to circle back to something else you said that was related to that idea that there are some things that you're still figuring out, that it that at 10 years old, Levi's sort of emerging into a new phase of self-awareness, et cetera. Yeah. One of the things that we're hoping to do with with the upbeat uh, as a podcast and as a Facebook group is create a community where parents can share tips about some of these social and emotional elements as they go through this journey with their child, um, aside from what we're trying to do here, is there anything that as you progress and you—are there any existing communities, tips, uh, places, that you, resources that you find that you go to when you do encounter something like that, when you think, okay, I think Levi's now at an age where we can start talking about this in a different way. Is there anything that's really helpful that's already out there that you would recommend?
0: have to say i don't know it very much i think that's kind of the hardest part of having kids with like chronic illnesses there's so much stuff out there for kids but when it comes to our parents we kind of get um like i said focused on our kids and then it's like well i don't know how to connect with other parents i think that's why doing this podcast and talking to you guys is such a, an amazing thing because i get to. Be, like you said, part of another community other than just my hospital and what they do for us. And like I said, CHLA is amazing, but I know that this podcast will reach more parents that are going through similar, even the same situation. So to be honest, I don't have very many outlooks for that. I, I look to my friends and my family um, because I know how diverse families and kids are. So I don't know how many times I've asked people like, just advice from them like Levi's going through this he's driving crazy can someone help me out things like that but that's something that we're like lacking as a community it's more parent focused stuff so that's why I'm excited about this podcast because I'll be able to listen to you guys and other parents and be like oh my gosh Levi just did it (laughs) how can this this is such great advice I'm totally trying this tonight you know things like that fantastic yeah and we hope you join
1: uh, the Upbeat Parent Facebook group and, uh, and participate in that community as well. A sort of related question uh, that you were just talking about where so much of the focus is on the child uh, going through the illness. Any um, advice about, you know, the term self-care? has become such a popular buzzword in maybe the last two years or so. Um, do you yeah. have anything, you know, that, that you advise in terms of self-care and focusing, you know, ways to, to focus on yourself as you've gone through this uh, that you could advise to other parents?
0: I think find something that you love. And actually, for me, I actually book, because I'm a hairstylist, actually book time in. For not only myself, but for my family. So it's designated time for them. But then I have designated time for myself. Otherwise, I don't do it. I will just go on mom mode. And like six months later, I'm like, wow, I haven't done anything for myself. That was cool. Not really. <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of people go through this Like I said, maybe just force yourself to book the time and keep it. Like That's what I had to do. And it was really hard because I... With owning my own business and then, like I said, the demands of being a parent and and things like that, like you're basically running on three jobs You have to kind of force yourself to do things to make sure you're getting that time in for yourself. And just an extension on that, um, Lacey, what about your marriage? I know that when you have uh, a kid with chronic illness, uh, you're giving all the attention to Levi now. Did you find that there was any strain in your relationship or, you know, maybe he felt neglected? Do you have anything to share on that? Yes, a lot of it was communication. We had to really lock down the communication and that was hard. That was really hard because we thought we had communication down well at the beginning of our marriage. And then we're like, Oh yeah, that was nothing. You have to go hard for like everything. Like this, is this, this is this. Okay. I want this. You don't want this. Well, like let's renegotiate in a sense. Gary and I, unfortunately, and I'm sure a lot of parents will probably um, say they kind of went through the same thing when you go through a low point, when you're going through the whole mess of everything, especially when it first happens. We made some, I guess you'd say, more bad choices because we were kind of doing more drinking and things like that, trying to kind of really check out mentally if we could. And then we just realized that was not helping our marriage at all. We pulled ourselves out of that, um, again, for communication, just talking to each other. But I'm not going to say it's not hard.
1: And there are so many d- difficult decisions you have to make when you're a parent of a child
0: with chronic illness, too. Uh, did you find um, that you were always on the same page when it came to some of those decisions, that your your style and your approach was similar? Yeah. No, most of the time I would say we're pretty, we're pretty similar in that case. There was some denial at first about a lot of things, especially when it came to the cranial synestosis because you really couldn't see it. And his little head was already hard on one side. Mm -hmm. And he was just too cute and mushy-faced. And he was like, there's nothing wrong with him. He's fine. He'll grow into it. They told us he would have um, epilepsy and possible brain damage. And I was like, if we can avoid all that, because the doctors are saying, just you know, let's put some fake sutures in and he'll be fine. We'll have to watch his in moderate growing. I was like, let's let's not tempt that fate. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like I said, a lot of stuff is just... Kind of negotiate, but we've never really rammed heads to the point where it's like it's my way or the highway, and that. Thank God, because I know that that can happen with certain things. So we do that in other parts of our life as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Does Levi have any siblings?
0: No, we had originally planned on having two, and then we made the decision after the third surgery. We were blessed with the one we have. And if we really want another one, possibly just go into foster care or adoption, because there's plenty of kids out there that need parents that will love them.
1: You mentioned the CHLA program. Uh, have there been any other nonprofits or programs or associations that you have found really helpful that you would recommend to other parents?
0: Not much that I have found that really related to Levi specifically, actually, you guys, uh, Coach Art is the first thing that, that I was like, oh, this is an outside thing. I felt like this is super special. I thought it, I was so stoked when I heard about it. And then I was like, oh, well, Levi probably wouldn't qualify. And then when I found out that, you know, Senior synestosis and cleft palate were part of this, I was like, yes, we're totally signing up for this. Once I get signed onto the Facebook group, I'm going to be looking at all of them and resharing them to everybody.
1: Oh, nice. Well, thank you. So one of the things that we always talk about at Coach Art is the idea of the programs is to, to let kids sort of shed the label of being a sick kid and try on a new identity as an artist or an athlete and whatever their, their particular interests yeah. are. To what degree so far do you think Levi, up until this point, his diagnosis has shaped how he thinks about himself and or how much are you, do you think about that for the future?
0: As a parent, I think about it all the time. Until a certain age, then he'll be past that cranial growth portion, and same with his left palate. But I think he worries about it, but not to this degree. It's always been there. So I think it's kind of something that's just part of him, so he doesn't look at it in a negative way. I think that's why doing the last Yola Tango therapy program was such a great, I guess you say, seed in planting, because... He is going to be going into the upper grade soon, and that's when they do have a bit more curiosity where it can come off as bullying, but it's not, it's like, hey, you know, why is it that you sound kind of strange? Just those kind of things. Um, I don't really think he even thinks about it, honestly. I think he just, I go to speech, and then I leave speech, and I'm a better person because I've learned something new.
1: Well, Lacey, I want to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much for the invite. Thanks, Lacey. It was so great to talk to you.
1: You can find more content like this at theupbeat.coachart.org, where we have blog posts, podcasts, and YouTube clips, as well as a Facebook group that you can join and share your own helpful advice with other families who are dealing with social and emotional questions about kids going through chronic illness. So we hope to see you there. Thanks so much. Thank you.